Thank you for listening to Overcomers Church International Weekly Message. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened as you hear the Word of God. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you all today about the supernatural, undiluted church of Jesus. And I'm going to talk about, and you may not be able to read all this, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be pulling these closer. Hopefully I can, I can uh, help you see it better there. So this is the supernatural, undiluted church of Jesus, and we're going to be dealing with the fivefold ministry. I have um, mentioned and talked about the fivefold ministry for a lot of years, and um, but this is the first time I've actually taken a lot of things and compacted them to give one single teaching on the fivefold ministry. And so this is going to be a tremendous blessing to you. And so I've got all of these all of these things set up here. So we had to do a lot of adjusting, and then when we lost the feed, we had to do even more adjusting. And so praise the Lord. But this is is awesome. The supernatural, undiluted Church of Jesus, and the reason it is directly related to the fivefold ministry is because Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, it says that he gave gifts to men. And if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4, because we're going to end up there. We're going to end up in several different places in the Word. Ephesians chapter 4, one of my favorite books of the Bible, one of my favorite chapters in this book. But it talks about there how he, he gave gifts. And in verse 10, it says, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. And so he gave the fivefold ministry. Now, here's the deal is that Jesus was, when he was here on the earth, he was the fulfillment of the fivefold ministry. And so what he had and what he was and who he was, was an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. I've got a teaching called Honoring the Ministry of Jesus. If you go back and look in our podcast, and I talk about how Jesus was all of those things. So when he ascended into heaven, he first gave gifts to men. Now the gifts weren't just really for the people that that received them, but the ones that received them, they were given to them for people, for the earth, for the body of Christ. And the reason why is so that our church will remain supernatural. And this is, I'm gonna challenge and stretch some of you today that we live in a time, we live in a time period in the church where we have lost our supernatural thrust and the supernatural thrust in Jesus' name is coming back to the church. And we're going back to a pure and an undiluted, which is basically the same thing as, as pure. It means that there's no weakness, there's no impurities, there's no problems, there's full strength there. And so we are a supernatural church and we are an undiluted church. And of course we belong to Jesus. And so when you think about something that's undiluted, I heard this recently and it was such a great analogy that if you look in, um, if you, or if you were able to go to the, I think it's the, uh, the Umji, I want to say is how you say it, river, and it's in South Africa. In the Umji River, we'll just call it the Umji, whether I'm saying it right or not is no big deal, but it flows from high up in the mountains, and it, and it flows down into the valleys. And if you go to the source of the Umji River, whatever that river is, you go to the source of it, you can drink that water. Now, I've never been there, but I've just heard stories that this is, how, this is what it's like. And you can imagine, and, and you'll relate to this because we've all seen rivers like this. We've seen creeks and different things. And so uh, if you go to the source of that, it's been said that you can drink that water, that it is so pure, it's, it's so good, it's good for you. But that exact same river, you can go 50 miles downstream. And if you drink that water from that same exact river, it's so deadly that it can actually kill you or cause you to be sick. Why? 
because it's had all the pollution that's been put in it and it's lost its purity the further down it's gone. So here's what I propose to you is that the church as we see it today is not really tr a true pure church as the Lord has really designed it. Now, I'm not being hard on the church, okay? I love the church. I love our church. I love the, the universal church. I love God's people. But I'm also willing to look at the fact that when you look in the book of Acts, and you see the early church, and you look at where we're at now, it doesn't take a genius to figure out we're not doing things quite like they did back then. Now, I've heard some people say, they'll, they'll say, you know, well, I agree, and they met house to house, and we need to get out of a building. That's hogwash. Listen, they met in buildings, and they also met house to house. It's not where you meet. It's what you're doing when you meet. And I heard a prophecy recently that said that there is coming a time very soon when all of now, this is going to really maybe some of you and get you right in the heart, but that's my goal here this morning. I want to see breakthrough and change in this. And God's called me. I believe he is raising me up and he's raising this church up to be a light and darkness and to break through and be different than what everybody else is doing, to not go with the mainstream of how everybody else is doing things. God's called us to be different. And there is coming a day when all of the people pleasing in church is going to end. Now, don't misunderstand me. It's very important that when it comes to taking care of people, shepherding people, loving on people, meeting them where their, needs, where their needs are and where they need to be met, we must do that. That's extremely important. That's the shepherding part of Jesus. But as we go through this and I talk about the fivefold ministry, you're gonna see something, you're gonna notice something, I believe that there are parts of the fivefold ministry that are almost completely removed from the church. And so you know what we've lost? We've lost the supernatural and we've lost the undiluted aspect of the church. And so we have a church that's operating at a level that's way lower and really a level to where impurities have come in. We have pastors right now by the droves in our country, and I love every one of them and I pray for them, but we have pastors by the droves that are more concerned about what people think about them than they are preaching the truth. And I've just come to the conclusion, I'm gonna love people, I'm gonna love God, I'm gonna stay at joy and joy and peace, but I'm gonna preach the truth. I'm gonna preach what Jesus preached. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna aim for the book of Acts church is what we're gonna go for. So praise God, I'm gonna hit the ground. If I'm not already running, I'm gonna hit the ground running here in just a second. So we're gonna talk about this supernatural, undiluted church of the Lord Jesus that God wants us to go for, that he wants us to aim towards, amen? And hopefully I'll be a good enough explanation, anybody listening on podcast, that you'll be able to understand this without the pictures. But I am really proud of myself that I've got these, these, these different things here um, that will reflect the fivefold ministry because I'm not used to doing that stuff. And so anyways, this is why I decided with whatever video problems we're having, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to barrel through this. And I don't even want to know how many people are watching. If we've got 10 watching, praise God. If we've got 125,000 watching, praise God. The camera lady's saying, yes, that's how many we have. So praise the Lord. So I'm going to talk about the fivefold ministry. And the fivefold ministry is given to us to keep the church from becoming a natural organization. It's extremely important. And if you look at the way the church is and how it's operating, it has become a natural organization. There is so much that happens that they do things, the church does things out of the arm of the flesh. And I'll be the first to tell you that our church isn't perfect. There are things that I look at and I go, you know what, actually, we need to change that. That's, that's not quite what the Lord wants. We're all growing. There's no condemnation, but we need to have a good picture and really see the water that we're drinking from. Going back to the, to the water analogy, I had a funny story that I wanted to tie in that I almost forgot. So I was hiking one time in, uh, in the river analogy coming down from the mountains. 
I was hiking with a friend of mine one time years ago in Colorado. It was just him and I. And we were, we were hiking up right along this stream. And after a while, we got really thirsty. And it was like the further we went up, the water got more clear. And it was just awesome. It got to the point where it was like, wow, why wouldn't we drink? So we drank the water. This is so funny. We drank the water and we were like, man, this is awesome. This is so good. And so we kept hiking and we go up about, I don't know, another three or 400 yards up the, up the, the creek and up the, the little mountain pass we were going through. And there we found a whole bunch of kids swimming in the very water that we had drank downstream from them. And you know what? Here's the deal, is that until you go back to the source, you go back to the original, you go back to what it was designed and meant to be, I believe that the large majority of the church is drinking a polluted version of what God has intended his church to be. And in Jesus' name, that's going to be broken off of us, I believe, today and moving forward. And one more thing that the Lord showed me. The Lord showed me that in the... In the the years to come, now we're going to start to see this in the next months, but in the years to come, the church is not going to look like it looks right now. There is going to be a breaking away of the fleshly things, and we are going to start to move in the supernatural power of God. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You watch, you wait, and you see what God does. But better than just watching and seeing, why don't you jump in the river, go back to the original source with me, and we're going to experience the best that God has to offer. Amen. So I've got five pictures. Let me make sure that's right. One, two, three, four. Yes, I have five pictures. I couldn't remember, but I have five pictures um, to describe how the fivefold ministry operates, how it functions, what it looks like. And here's the thing about these pictures you need to understand. These are only pictures. They're only part revelation. I don't have a full revelation. Nobody has a full revelation of who Jesus is, but I believe that this is really great revelation, and this is going to help bring a lot of clarity to us concerning how the body of Christ operates, all right? So this first one, I'm going to bring it closer here. By the way, we're going to have all of these pictures taken afterward, and we will post them in the comments. Don't feel like, oh, he's in the way. If my hand's in the way, I can't see it. I can't read it. All right, I'm going to point it out to you, but you don't have to worry. You'll have, you'll have those posted, and you can go back, and you can look at them in the comments later. It's no problem. All right. So here's the first picture. And we've got a picture of a, of a pyramid. Now there's a couple different ways you can look at a pyramid concerning the fivefold ministry. There's actually three different ways. And I'm going to talk about three different ways you can look at this pyramid. All right. So this is the first, the first way. And this speaks of foundation, servanthood, and humility. And remember, we're talking about the fivefold ministry here. And so normally, and I'm going to show you a picture that is, is different than this in just a moment. And normally you would see apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and then the rest of the church going from top to bottom. And there's some accuracy with that. I'm going to show you that here in a minute. But first, I want to start with this, because I believe that this is probably the most foundational picture you could see of what the church is supposed to look like, of what the fivefold ministry is supposed to look like. Because the thing is, is that we've had a lot of people that have taught and have shared from uh, not a complete revelation, which I'm doing that right now because I don't have a complete revelation about anything. Amen. We're all learning. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But there's been a lot of wrong revelation where people have believed wrong, and there's been a lot of things that have been done incorrectly, and it's brought abuse, it's brought misunderstanding, and it's caused people to back off from the fivefold ministry. But listen, it says in Ephesians chapter 4 that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For, and if you go on and read it for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry 
till we all come, oh, excuse me, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So it says that we're going to have the fullness of who Christ is, complete unity to the full measure of who Christ is, but it doesn't come outside of the fivefold ministry. It must be there. We must learn to, to, to lean into it, to look to it. And I'm telling you, there's men and women that are listening. I just believe in Jesus' name that are listening to this. And you've been pulling back, but God's called you into the fivefold ministry, man and woman of God. And you need to step up. You need to say yes to the Lord. And you need to submit. Oh, there's a dirty word. You need to submit yourself to somebody who can help you, who can help you grow in what God's called you to grow in and what what he's called you to do. I'm not going to get into that right at the moment, but I'm telling you, some of you that are watching, you need to say yes to the Lord and then watch what God can do and stop throwing off this awesome revelation that comes from his word, which I'm going to give you more of. So here we have uh, a, a, an inverted way of how we would normally see the fivefold ministry. So at the very bottom, we have apostle and prophet. And I want to show you this from the word Ephesians chapter two. If you look at Ephesians chapter two and verse 19, I'm not going to wait for you to turn there. I'm just going to go quickly. Ephesians two and 19, it says, now, therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built. Now listen to this, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. And if we go on and read, it says, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also being built together for a dwelling place or being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. This is a powerful passage of scripture. Most people watching this, I would say probably almost everybody watching this, you've been involved with churches that have been pastor driven and you probably recognize the teaching gift you probably believe in and want to see evangelism and in the, the office of the evangelist be there. But as far as the prophet and the apostle, they've either been misunderstood, misconstrued, abuse, or they've been totally removed. Now, if you read this passage of scripture right here, that tells me that it's totally backwards of how most of us have experienced church, how most of us experienced the body of Christ. No wonder things are so messed up. We have teachers and we have pastors and we have evangelists that have been spearheading this thing and not really apostles and prophets. And you say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, then you could just not believe what the word says because it says it's built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. And I'm going to get into this more as we, hopefully this morning as we have opportunity. So this is a picture. So foundationally speaking in the church, and again, this is one picture, all right? I'm going to show you four more after this. Foundationally speaking, you have the, the, really the fivefold ministry. You probably could have collapsed all these together. But at the very, very base, at the very foundation of the whole thing is the apostle and the prophet, as it says right here. I truly believe that the, Lord, the church of the Lord Jesus will come into its fullness when the apostle and the prophet is properly placed back in their proper authority. Now, here's the deal. It's not about just putting them up top. It's about them laying the foundation. There's an anointing there to do that. Just like you would hear a teacher who has an anointing to teach. There is an anointing on apostles and prophets to lay foundation, to lay foundational things in the church, to cause the church to be built on things properly. Now, let me show you another scripture verse that points to this in 1 Corinthians. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. It says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building." 
according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let, let each one take heed how he builds on it. So here you have the apostle Paul saying, according to the grace of God that was given me, I laid the foundation. So first of all, we know it was according to grace, but grace is not just a doctrine, but grace is also the ability that's given to people to do things that God has called them to do. And the apostle Paul, really, we know him and grace is our most foundational doctrine in the new covenant. And we know him as the apostle of grace because he revealed grace to us. But he was the one, he was the one that apostolic anointing that was on him. He was the one that laid that foundation, extremely important. Now here's a couple other things that I wanna throw out concerning um, concerning what the, the church looks like and the apostle and the prophet in particular being down on the bottom, being, being the lowest, if you will. I wanna give you a couple other things from the word that are really important. So we talked about foundation. I wanna talk about servanthood and I wanna talk about humility, all right? So let's look at servanthood. So if anybody were to say, oh man, I wanna be an apostle. I wanna join, I wanna do that. God, please let me be an apostle. Uh, let me tell you what it's like in the life of an apostle, all right? Here we go. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter four. Next verse 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it says in verse 9, it says, For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death. For we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present hour, we both hunger and and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. Whew. And we labor working with our own hands, being re, uh, reviled, we bless. Um, being persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have, listen to this, we have been made as the filth of the world, the offscoring, uh, offscoring of all things until now. Now, just so y'all know, when we come back here, we're going to have a sign-up sheet out there for anybody that wants to take how to become an apostle class. Praise the Lord. We're going to have that. You can, nobody's going to want to sign up for that. Man, you have to be insane to want to sign up for that. Or you'd have to be supernaturally, divinely called by God. He hasn't called everybody to all of these things. If you go back to Ephesians 4, it says he's called some to be. Some to be. And here's the thing, is that when you look at the fivefold ministry, it's been elevated to such a wrong extreme. And there's a whole teaching I have about the difference between identity and function. Most people that have a call into the fivefold ministry, they get their identity and their function confused. Listen, I'm, I operate as a pastor right now. My ultimate call really is as an apostle, but my identity is as a son of God. So whether I ever accomplish all that God has called me to, it doesn't change the fact that I'm a son of God. And if people reject me, if people don't like me, if people curse me and mock me and all the things that they could say about me, it doesn't change who I am and it doesn't change God's love for me. My identity is in Christ, but my function is as an apostle. So people oftentimes, because they get their identity and their function confused, they feel like they have to elevate themselves because their identity is in what they do and not who they are in Christ. And this is where we've seen a lot of danger in the body of Christ and people doing things because they feel the need because their identity is so attached to what they do. They feel the need to promote themselves. So a healthy way to look at this is realize my identity is in a son or daughter of, of God. But what I'm called to do, that's simply just my function. Amen. That's a really, really good word. And so praise God. So when, it, when you're looking at, at servanthood, it's always, it always comes back to serving. And, 
And you can see this a little bit more in Mark chapter 9, verse, and I'm not going to turn there, 33 and through 35. The disciples had been communicating and talking with each other. And, and basically, they were talking about who's going to be the greatest. Who's going to be the greatest? I'm going to be the greatest. No, I'm going to be the greatest. And Jesus said, look, you want to be the greatest in the kingdom? You learn to be the servant of all. So really, truly, what the fivefold ministry looks like isn't going up, but it's going down at a lower place to serve people. This is why I have an anointing on me to preach, to teach, to pray for people, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, all that stuff. Praise God. But I'll also scrub toilets. I also, I helped lay pretty much all of this floor that I'm standing on right now. Man, I've done all kinds of stuff. Why? Because I believe in serving. It's not about me coming out of some secret room or being elevated or swinging in from the, the ceiling. We don't have enough room to do that here, but that's not about that. It's not about, oh, look, the high mighty pastor or apostle or prophet or whoever. It's not about that. There's a place for honor, which I'm going to get to in just a second. I swear in Jesus' name, I'm going to get to it. There's a place for honor, but the very first and highest call that we're called to as fivefold ministry is to lower ourselves to lift up the rest of the body. Because if you notice, the foundation is there, and there's, there's a lowliness there, there's a humility that's there, it will automatically cause the rest of the church to rise. And that is the heart of a true fivefold leader, a true apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, is they have a heart to lower themselves so that they can lift other people up. Amen? That needs to be corrected in the body. It's not about the sister, brother, so-and-so is so awesome and amazing. Again, there's a place for honor, but we're not supposed to promote ourselves to where we get glory. Praise God. There's another place there in Acts, which I'm not going to take time to turn to, but it speaks of humility. Mark speaks of humility in Mark 9, but also in Acts chapter 20, it speaks of humility as well. And Paul talked about how with many tears and you saw how I lived among you, um, with humility. And there is a great lesson to be learned for fivefold ministers. People that operate in fivefold ministry have such a drive in them. That's why the church is operating today. Whether people have recognized their, their gifting fully and their function fully, that's why the church is alive today because Jesus gave, gave gifts to men. And it's up to men to take the ministry of Jesus and continue to reproduce what he started, amen? But there needs to be a level of humility that comes with, with the fivefold ministry. It's not about elevating yourself. It's not about elevating them to an unhealthy level. It's about coming to a place of humility to where you can walk in humility one to another and you can position yourself to receive from other people. Amen, praise God. So let's move on to the next thing here, hallelujah. And by the way, these get more fun and more colorful as we go along. You're gonna love the last one. It's really, it's really awesome, all right? So here's the next one, and this is, this is this being flipped the other way. And by and large, this is the only way that people have really understood uh, uh, the five-fold ministry. And it's only one picture, and I look at like painting a, a picture of something. And if you're going to describe a person, if you only gave their hair color, but you didn't give their skin color, you didn't give how tall they were and you didn't, you know, all of the other things, then you're only giving a partial picture. Well, this is only a partial picture. It's an accurate one, but it's only partial. And so we, we have this picture here of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Now I'm going to show you this from the word. We've already looked at Ephesians chapter four. Um, 7 through 11, where the list in order, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And some people could say, well, that's just the order. That doesn't have anything to do with, with them being at the top. Well, let me show you another scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And our whole deal with this is we're going back. We're not, it's not based on feeling. It's not based on how anointed we feel, or it's based on what the word says. What does the word of God say? 
And it's also not based on the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, 1,000 years of church history. We have to go back to what does the word say? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And look here in verse, and I'm in 2 Corinthians, which is different than 1 Corinthians. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, members individually, and God has appointed these in the church first apostles, second prophet, prophets, third teachers, and after that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps administrations, varieties of tongues. I'm not going to go in and explain this whole verse. It would take too long to explain why it broke it up into different gifts instead of just list, listing apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Now, here it lists teacher third. On Ephesians 4, it lists teacher uh, last. And so I don't really fully understand that what the proper order is, but I do know this, that apostles and prophets are first because we find that in two different places. And then we also see this sequence through the word of God sending them. Paul and Barnabas were sent out together. Paul was an apostle and Barnabas was a prophet. And you see this, you see this trend in the New Testament that he sent them to establish and to break forth and to break through and, and to really build and plant the church of the Lord Jesus. But when you look up this word first, when it says first apostles, second prophets, it's talking about in rank, uh, in authority and also in order. Now I'm going to show you the apostles being first in order here on the next slide that I've got for the next cardboard photo here. But this one, in terms of rank, God has set apostles as, as the highest and prophets right underneath of them. You say, why did he do that? Because he's God. He can do that. But it says it here. If you go look this up more accurately in the word and you go look in, look in the Greek, it will show you that it's first in order um, and also first in, in rank. And so there's nothing wrong with that. This is something that needs to return to the church properly because there was a time about 20 years ago that there was all this stuff about apostles and prophets and things. And I'm going to tell you what happened is that they really only had or they only portrayed this picture of what the fivefold ministry looks like. And so if this is the only thing you look at, it's going to be all about elevating the apostle and the prophet and the fivefold ministry to the highest levels. Folks, that is not, that is not what it's about. And if you look at the last one thing that I just had, it put them at the base, at the bottom, to where there's, there's all kinds of serving and stuff that goes on. That's, that's how we communicate and interact with people. But there is a place for proper authority. And this is something that needs to be returned to the church in America. There is such a lack of proper submission and authority to people. It should be. Now, this is some of you are going to go, oh, I just don't believe that. Well, then you're part of the problem. Oh, can, wait, can we, erase, can we erase that? Sorry. No, I'm going to say it again. If, if you are coming against the leadership that God has set in authority, you are part of the problem. There is a right place to come in with the, man, the men or women of God that the Lord has set over you to come in and say, yes, sir, you asking me to do that? Now, if he's asking you or she's asking you to do something that's unscriptural, unethical, immoral, obviously you obey God over man. But this is the ministry of the Lord Jesus. This is what he's given us to keep the church in proper order, proper function, and for it to be supernatural. Well, if all of the people that are a part of the church refuse to fall in line with God's government, with his system, everything's chaotic. And so you know what's happened is that 
people instead of ministers standing up and saying, no, this is God's government and we're going to follow God's order. Over the centuries, we've seen this so watered down and so diluted and misconstrued. Now we have, instead of the dog wagging the tail, we have the tail wagging the dog. We have people coming in and saying, I don't like the color of that carpet. You know, I don't like those flags hanging on the wall. You know, I just thought the music was too loud. It was too soft. The color of the carpet just made my eyes bug out. And, you know, I just wish that you would wear a tie when you preach. Or I just, you know, your kid didn't have shoes on. All of this kind of stuff. It's just like, then, then you've got preachers with no backbone. Preachers, if you're listening to me, grow a backbone. Get some backbone behind you. Stand up. Be who you are, man or woman of God. Do it in love, though. Amen. See, I can be intense, but in love at the same time. But I don't let people tell me, tell me what to do. No, I'm very wise, and I listen to suggestions because I don't know everything. There's so much that I don't know. I value the people around me. More than I could ever tell them, I value the people around me because they help me see things that I don't see. And I'm so thankful for those people. But when it comes down to it, somebody's got to make a decision with things. It's right for people to come in and say, yes, sir. Thank you, boss. I believe you. And yep, we're going to go for it. And not have everybody bucking the system. Man, you don't get anything done like that. There is, I'm going to get into this hopefully in the weeks ahead, but there are seven, if you look at Ephesians, there are seven pictures about the church. One of those pictures is an army. The Bible calls the church of the Lord Jesus an army. Let me ask you something. Would you go to boot camp and when the drill sergeant says, give me 20 push-ups, you go, well, you know, I just don't really like doing push-ups. Uh, can I do girl push-ups instead of boy push-ups? You wouldn't do that. That's nonsense. You'd say, yes, sir. And if you don't do it, there probably would be repercussions, but I'm not going to get into any of that, you know, because I believe we need to walk in love with people, but there needs to be a place where people just say, absolutely, yes, sir, not a problem. And again, we've, we're following God. We're not following man, but God's the one that set up a governmental authority so the church would operate and function properly. So the next one here is I want to talk, so I, I drew this in the wrong place, excuse me. I'm not a, I'm not a great artist, all right, but I'm getting, I'm getting better maybe in Jesus' name. So this is the same thing, but this is just turned this way. This is a pyramid again, but it's just turned this way. And this is when I was talking about in, in order. And here's the deal. So you, can, you can understand this picture this is what the fivefold ministry does for the culture that we live in. Because Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, go into all the world and preach. Matthew 28, go into all the world and teach. And then in Luke chapter 10, verse 1, it says that he sent them. Now, here's something that's interesting. The word sent, and I wrote it down here in pencil, thinking I could just pretend I remembered it and that nobody would see it, but I didn't remember it, so I'm looking at it. Uh, the word sent, listen to this. This is so interesting. Is Apostello. It's apostello, all right, which is uh, actually sounds Italian. Apostolo. Anyways, forget that. Okay. So the word sent there in Luke 10, where it says that he sent them two by two, is the Greek word apostolo. And the, the word uh, apostle in the Greek is apostolos. So it has the same Greek root word. An apostle, listen to this, is one, if you go and look it up, it's one who is sent. Now, why is an apostle a sent one? If he's first in, in rank and he's first in order, that means that when he gets sent out, that the rest of the fivefold ministry and the church, just like an arrow being shot, the rest of the church will follow and be able to totally, I love this picture, be able to totally penetrate and have culture shift and kingdom advance wherever God has sent that apostle to. 
God sent me here to Perryville, and this is what I want to do. This is what I'm aiming to do. I'm at the tip of the arrow that God has shot out, and I am here to break open that, the, the darkness, to break through the darkness, to break into the light, and to cause all of the glory that's in the church of the Lord Jesus. The glory isn't on the apostle. He's just the one that breaks it open. The glory is on all of the church of the Lord Jesus and what she has to offer Praise God, and as we break through things, that's when we see, that's when we see being able to go in and see, see entire regions shaken. This is something else that has to change. I know I'm going long, but I don't care. I have to get it all out. I know you guys are loving this. This is something that has to change and shift in the body of Christ. Man, I, I wish I had room to run or whatever here because this is, woo, this is awesome. Most people, now this is, I'm gonna share this in just a second, but this is very pastoral. Pastors are concerned about, and they should be, and teachers are concerned about pulling people in, loving them, teaching them, discipling them, helping them, uh, marrying them, burying them, all the things, all those pastoral duties. That's kind of the teacher-pastor mix there, and that is extremely important, but if that's all we have as a church, it's sorry. That's why the church is in the sorry shape that it's in, and as your leader, I'm sorry that it looks so sorry. But I believe that God has sent me and is raising me up as a voice to help other ministers and stuff realize that we're missing something. And it's the other part of the fivefold ministry that has the ability to penetrate darkness, to go right into a region and bust it wide open. And when they, they do, they advance the kingdom and they totally will shift the culture in that whole area. So the, the word uh, apostle or apostolos as it is in the Greek, that wasn't something that was commonly used. And so Jesus had his disciples, listen, this is very important. He had his disciples and the best reflection of what he could, he could ask his disciples who were going to become his apostles, the best understanding and picture he could give them was with the Romans. Because what the Romans did is that they would go in and they would conquer a territory. And then what would happen is that after two, three, four, five years, whatever, after they conquered it, that that group of people would go back and it would look just like they did before the Romans conquered it. So they got smart and they started sending out apostles. They called them apostles and the apostles were sent ones that after it was conquered, then they would send apostles to bring in and change the culture to where the people in that region became like the Romans. Oh my gosh. Mind equals blown. You want to know what we're missing in the earth? It's this. It's understanding the whole fivefold ministry. And if, and if we can get a hold of this, and you say, well, you're not operating in it fully. No, but I am willing to keep climbing up the mountain to go back to the pure source to operate as God has called us to operate because I, I want to shift and change entire cultures, cultures and, and regions for the kingdom of God. And so if we can have this in our heart, we can begin to build faith and believe that we can actually do what God's called us to do. So when he sent his disciples out, he said, you're no longer just my disciples, you're my apostles. You're the ones that I'm sending out to go and make the regions you go into look like the kingdom that you came from. Praise God. Our job is to go out from the church and to go into the world and make the world look like the kingdom that we came from, which is, of course, the kingdom of God. Man, that's powerful. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to move on to the next one here. We got two more. 
All right, so this is one that I've, I've mentioned and ministered some in our church um, that I, uh, I love talking about. And the Lord spoke to me out of Acts chapter 5 and verse 16. Let me read this real quick. Acts 5 and 16. It says, Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now, I want you to notice the language here. That it says a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem. And I was reading this years ago, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I'm calling Perryville a hub. And in particular, our church, he said, I'm calling it a hub. And the Lord's begin to build that understanding in my heart. But this is also a picture of what the fivefold ministry should look like. In Perryville, we have a hub, and you've, you've seen this. So it could be known as a hub, a roundabout. And the deal is, is that when you, when you come in a roundabout or a hub one way, you go out a different way. That's why you go into it is because the direction you're going isn't quite right and you need to have a transition happen to where you go in the proper direction. Folks, this is the world and this is what the church is supposed to be. Look at this here. And so the idea of hub ministry is for equipping saints. So if you go back to Ephesians chapter four, it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? People for a long time, they're like, oh, let me bring you to church and hopefully my pastor will give an altar call and then you can get saved. No, stop doing that. That's nonsense. You're called to, you're called to lead them to the Lord. You're called to pray with them. You're called to heal them. You're called to deliver them. You're called to have them over to your house for, for lunch, for dinner, to build a relationship with them, to help them, to minister to them, to counsel them, to bless them. That's your your job as the church, and it's my job as part of the fivefold ministry to equip you, the saints, for the work of the ministry. And I believe that there is, I believe in Jesus' name, we're going to see a great transition to where people get a hold of this and they're like, you know what? I'm going to stop believing and waiting on the preacher guy to do it. I'm going to stop just sending them a, a podcast and songs, but I'm going to open up my mouth because I have a relationship with those people and I'm going to help them. That day is coming in Jesus' name. But this is a picture of what this could look like. At the center, we have Jesus. We have the fivefold ministry, which is apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Right? The fivefold ministry is the ministry of Jesus on the earth. And if we don't honor the ministry, the fivefold ministry, we don't honor Jesus' ministry. For a long time, folks, for a long time, the church has not honored the ministry of Jesus. We need to honor the fact that he was all of those things, but he's not here anymore. He's given us authority and he gave us all of his gifts, not all into one man. There's no man that has all of what Jesus had, but collectively we, we have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And you say, well, where are all the apostles? There's lots of pastors. There's lots of um, teachers that God has really called as apostles and as prophets and they just don't know it, and they're too afraid to stand up and, and, and move in that direction because they're afraid of what people will say. Listen, I don't care what people say. And you say, well, do people need to call you Apostle Ken or Pastor Ken? Look, whatever. As long as, as, long as you draw from the anointing that's on my life to help you, I, I honestly really don't care, to be honest with you. I think there's a place for honor there. It's a, not a bad thing to do, but I don't demand that from people. Praise God. But there needs to be an honor for those for that, that gifting, that ministry of Jesus to draw from what God, draw from the well and the wealth of the fivefold ministry. Praise God. And so there's a lot we could say about that, but this is a picture of what this could look like. You've got the world. And how does the world, if the fivefold ministry are the ones that equip people, how does the world come into the church to the fivefold ministry? Is it supposed to be the fivefold going out? No, it says in Ephesians chapter 4 that the, the saints are, are equipped for the work of the ministry. And also tells us in, in 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 5, that it says that he has given us the word of reconciliation 
and the ministry of reconciliation, talking about the whole church, not just, not just a select few group of people. The fivefold ministry, most people believe that it makes up certainly less than five, but somewhere around two to three percent of the church is actually only in the fivefold ministry. So what we've had is we've had, let's, let's be generous and say five percent of the body of Christ doing 90 percent of the work. It's not supposed to be that way. The, our job here, the fivefold ministry, is to equip the saints, to minister to the saints, to build the saints up, to mend the saints so the saints go and do the work of the ministry. doesn't mean I can't tell somebody about Jesus, but that's not my ultimate job. My job is to minister to you so you can lead people to Jesus. So the deal is the way that the world eventually can reach the fivefold ministry and reach Jesus. And you say, are you the same as Jesus? I'm a part of Jesus. Praise the Lord. It's not arrogance to recognize what God's given you. It's, co it's confidence if you realize that it isn't anything because of you or what you've done, but what God's done. That's just confidence, and that's good to do that. The world accesses the fivefold ministry through the church. Amen. And then the goal is, is that once they touch Jesus in that sense, they get equipped, that they go back out into the world to reach and touch the world. Amen. Good analogy. Now, look at this one. I love this. This is so colorful. Flat out, I'll just tell you, I stole this from Joseph Z. I had a little uh, clip of something I saw, and he had uh, drawn this on here. So some people have heard us talk about a red church. You've heard me mention a red church. Here's the explanation of what a red church is, all right? But I'm going to talk about the hand in general for a minute, and then I'm going to talk about the different colors, all right? So this picture here talks about combined leadership and unity. If the fivefold ministry is not unified, it would be, it would be like Jesus being a, a schizophrenic. He wouldn't have been very, he wouldn't have been very effective, but there is such a lack of unity in the fivefold ministry. It must be there. It has to be there if we're going to do things like God has told us to do them. Amen. So here's a, here again is a picture and you have a hand. So you have, here's the thumb. I don't know if that could look like the pinky and this the thumb, but this is the thumb, praise God. Um, so the thumb represents the apostle. Why? Because the apostle touches all areas of ministry. You'll find with most apostles that they can teach. Uh, they can teach. They uh, are, can be very pastor-like, very father-like, very shepherding. They're very evangelistic, and they also can prophesy. So an apostle touches all areas of ministry, and that's why it's, uh, this is a good picture with the thumb. A prophet is the the pointer finger, I think that's the index finger, right? It's a pointer finger because um, that's something you would give directions. Like if you told your kid, hey, kid, get up and go over there and do something. Now, prophets should be nicer than that. So should parents, by the way. But you could point and give directions, and that's a picture of what a prophet will do. And I count on uh, uh, prophets that God has placed in my life to help me see where to go oftentimes. And it's kind of like a pointing, like I see God leading us there. I see God going over there. I rely heavily on people that are around me, and that's something that prophets can do. An evangelist, of course, if you look at your finger, it's the one that sticks out the most because an evangelist is the most out there, right? And then you've got a pastor who, that's the, that's the ring finger because a pastor is really married to his people. I mean, they are in covenant together. They minister to one another. And a, and a real true pastor, true shepherd is married to his people. And then, of course, you have a teacher. And the reason that that's so important is that if you ever go and pick something up and want to get a good grip on it, try and uh, release your pinky, like, a, you know, maybe a baseball bat or something like that. But once you put your pinky on there, that's what helps you get a really tight, firm grip on something. And that's what teachers are 
are designed to do is to help us get a good grip on the word of God and will reveal the truths of God to us. Amen. So I want to talk about the colors here for just one second. I love, I actually really love talking about these colors. Uh, for those of you that know, this came from uh, Joseph Z as far as I know. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to take it. This will probably be the last time I'll give him credit. I'll just take it from here on out and it'll just be my revelation. Amen. Uh, so praise the Lord. So here you've got what, and so the deal is with the colors, when you think of, uh, we think of red, red's very aggressive. It's fiery. It's forward. It's, it's, it's groundbreaking. Uh, it, it will destroy things in a good way when you're talking to spiritually, destroy the works of darkness, those kind of things. That's what you think of when you think of the color red. When you think of evangelists, you think out there, it's, it's easy to be seen. Um, you know, it's, it'll, make a, it'll make a show of things. It's bright, that kind of thing. So what you think of, of yellow? And then when you've got blue, you know, blue is very, uh, very calm. It's very warm. It's inviting. I've always liked blue colors because it just feels inviting and relaxing. And so you can see that in these, in these different things that teachers and pastors are more lovey-dovey. They're more, let me show you, let me give you, uh, you know, the 12-step program to get through your thing and to, and to deal with your stuff. And this primarily is what the church has been led by. Now, with everything that I just showed you in the scripture verses that I showed you, can you not see how this is backwards? That the pastors and teachers by and large have been leading the church as a whole and the apostles and prophets are the ones that God has set in rank and in order to lead the church. And yet they've not been leading. They've almost not even been there. This isn't about me having some kind of agenda like, let's, you know, I want, to be, I want to be a high apostle and want people to recognize that. No, remember what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's, they're, they're like the scourge of the earth. They're lowly. They're all that, that kind of thing. And so it's not about elevating. And, and here's the deal. I even know, and I, I won't mention his name, very well-known minister, especially years ago, was a strong faith teacher. And I saw a ceremony where he went from being a pastor to being an apostle and they knighted him and they put like a big robe on him. And they were, it was, it was actually, it was disgusting. What I saw was nasty and it was gross. And anybody that would look at that and say, if that's what an apostle looks like, I'm really not interested in that. And that's what most people think. They hear the word apostle and they immediately think, oh, well, you're one to elevate. No, no, no. I want you to, to link up with me to link arms with me and to draw from the anointing that's on me because baby, we are going somewhere. God's got a plan for us. We're gonna go and just like the arrow, God is shooting me. Are you willing to get on my arrow with me? Because where I'm going, God's gonna do something awesome. We're gonna see miracles. We're gonna see the kingdom brought in. We're gonna see culture completely shifted. That's what, that's what a real apostle looks like, not one who is being elevated, amen? But the deal is, is that God has called apostles and prophets to lead. They have the ability to take the church in the direction, the place that it's supposed to go. And so this is the picture of what a hand looks like and what the fivefold ministry can look like and them working together. But here's what I believe, and I'm gonna finish this whole thing with this. This is what I believe the day we're moving into and we're coming up on it. And I don't know if it'll be a year or five years or 10 years, but we are going to see. Now, anybody that was, would say you're a pastor and you say, well, I just don't agree with that. Well, maybe you're really an apostle and you haven't really stepped into what God's called you to. And you don't have to go and say, okay, I'm no longer pastor, so-and-so, I'm apostle. You don't have to do that. Just recognize how you're called, recognize how you function. I became so freed when I took the stigma of pastor off and I started to understand my true calling as an apostle because everything in me was about driving and moving and pushing and I would I would preach and get excited most apostles are pretty fiery when they preach I'm pretty I get pretty fired up and I would hear people say 
why, why is he just so intense? And, and, and then I would go back and go, God, I, what, what am I doing wrong? And the, finally, the Lord's like, look, you're not doing anything wrong. I wired you like that, so quit trying to rewire yourself. Just learn how to hone the gift that I've given you a little bit. Amen? So some, some pastors, they just need to take off the pastor thing because God's called him as something different. Now look, if, if he hadn't called you something different, embrace fully your call as, an, as a pastor or a teacher or whatever it is, and you let God work all that stuff out however it works out. But there is going to come a day when I believe that God's, if they will allow them, God will take the seeker-friendly churches and he will use them if they will be used, if they're willing to be used by him and stop doing things their way. Much of what we see in the church today is Ishmael. Mm. I hear a big, mm, come over the crowd. Wow. Is that for, yes, it's for real. Much of what we see today in the church is not from promise. It's not God's way, but it's been man's way. And I'll be the first one to tell you, I haven't done everything God's way. I'm learning, I'm growing. But this, I believe this. I believe the word. I believe what the word says. I want to get the word results. I want to go back to that pure place that the Lord has called us to, to what what the church originally looked like, how it was designed originally to look like because I want to have God results. I want to have Jesus results. He said, the works that I do, you will do. Not an individual, but them collectively as a group, you'll do an even greater works. If we can't come back to a place to recognize that Jesus was all five of these and then put them in the proper order, then we're never going to do the works that Jesus has called us to do, less, uh, much less anything greater than what he's called us to do. Folks, this has to change. This is going to change in Jesus' name. We're going to preach it through. We're going to pray it through. We're going to prophesy it through. We're going to believe it through. And we're going to be everything that God has called us to be. And I said something recently about the the red church awakens. Yes, the red church awakens, but actually, I don't know what color it would be if you mixed all these together, but it would look a whole lot like Jesus. He doesn't just want a red church. I've driven people out of this church because I'm 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 aggressive. And not a towards people. I'm not like mad or angry with people. I love people. I hug on people. But just like I'm, I'm more than they can fit in their container. Man, we need pastors and teachers that will rise up to help coddle people a little bit. And I've had times in my life when I needed coddled, but I don't know how to move forward with the mission and, and go, everything's going to be okay. Like, I don't, know, I don't know how to do that. And so, you know, we're not supposed to be everything. That's why the body needs to come together. And then I think about how do we actually get out and reach the lost and train the, train the lost. That's where an evangelist comes in, and they'll help the body be able to do that. We need all of those things functioning together. And I'm believing in Jesus' name that we're going to have an uprising of the true church of the Lord Jesus and all of the seeker-friendly, all of the things that people, the people-pleasing, my God, there needs to be a fear of God come back in the church. If you look, and I was looking at this last night in Acts chapter two, and look at this, it says in verse 43, it says, then fear came upon every soul. Let me go back and read the first verse, or the verse before it. It says, and they continued steadfastly in what? The apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. You know what most people, even the ones that are true apostles, I'm gonna get in a lot of trouble for this, that would be true apostles, they got the wrong message. I've met so many people that call themselves apostles that are not. And then, I, and then I've met some that really are, but they got the wrong message. What's the right message? The apostle Paul says in Romans chapter two, that in the end, that everything will be judged according to his gospel. What was his gospel? It was grace. It was what Jesus did. It was faith righteousness and not works righteousness. 
Man, there's so much I could say about that that I don't have time to get into. But look, it says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. I want to see many signs and wonders be done through me, through the body of Christ, but it's not going to come until we get things back in the proper order. Now, I believe we're seeing pockets of it, and we're going to continue to see it, you know, to uprise. But I want the church to be everything that God has called it to be. And I want to have this fullness. And, and the Bible says that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. You read in the book of Acts, what they had then, the elements, the foundation that was there is right for us today. But how big the building is in terms of the glory of God and the amount of people they didn't even touch the tip of the iceberg compared to where we're going. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. I love it. It's powerful. But we have to come back to this place to where there is a fear, not being afraid of, but there is a reverential fear of what God says and not of what people say. We need to get out of people pleasing and we need to get into God pleasing. God, what do you want? What does your church look like? What, what do you want things to be like? How do you want things to operate? If we can go back to that place, folks, we're going to, I believe, and I've heard it prophesied, we're going to have a billion soul harvest. I'm going to be a part of that billion soul harvest. Are you willing to do that? And you say, yes, the church needs to rise up. This is how the church is going to rise up. The church will not rise up. Man, this is so bold. Man, this is so bold. This could really tick some people off. I probably already ticked some people off. Well, I know I have, but this is part of my red nature. I'm not into people pleasing. I'm into God-pleasing. If you have a blue church, it will turn into people-pleasing. And some pastors could, that could be watching this could say, I'm not into, into people-pleasing. I believe that. I believe your heart. But what ultimately happens is because there is such a heart in teachers, in pastors, to draw people in that their heart gets grieved when people leave and they start to make adjustments to try to keep people in in the church and they lose out on the supernatural because they're afraid they're going to lose people. We're seeing, you can't deny this. We've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Churches moving away from the power of God, moving away from miracles, moving away from the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gift of tongues. It was in the book of Acts. Why would we move away from something that they had that caused greater results than what we have? Why would we move away from that? It makes no sense. It's only because we're more afraid of what people will say or think. But I, found, I find the most powerful, anointed, uh, productive people in the kingdom are ones that are not concerned about what people are think, but they're more concerned about what God thinks. Will you not care what people think and think about what God and care about what God thinks with me? Will you do that with me? Amen. I'm just going to pray for you. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for all the ones that tuned in and they stayed plugged into this. God, even though our sound and video was going haywire, I believe this word is reaching people. God, that it's reaching hearts of people. I thank you that our people have a better understanding of this as you've given it to me, that they see these pictures. They understand these things better. So Lord, I bless them in the name of the Lord. I thank you for increase in Jesus' name. And Lord, that the, the great church the blue and the yellow and the red church, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher will arise together and be everything that Jesus has called her to be. And Lord, we'll do it with humility. We'll do it with sincerity, completely giving ourselves over to servanthood and to loving other people, dying to ourselves, just like Jesus did. God, we love you. I bless every person watching in the name of Jesus. Love you. Bless you. Have an amazing day. 
Thank you for listening to the weekly message. To find out more about Overcomers Church International and to hear more messages like this one, please visit our website at ociperryville.com.